Locked on Cardinals, locked on Cowboys. Bo Brock, Landon McCool joins the program, the podcast, as we continue our division crossover series. It's been fun. I've been fortunate uh, as far as my draw, as far as other hosts joining me. Last week, it was Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, the AFC East, the Dolphins, the Bills. This week, it's been the Washington Redskins. And now we go to their rival and what game I'm looking most forward to in the 2020 season, whenever it comes down, the Arizona Cardinals slated to j- visit the Jerry Dome October 6th, Monday night football, one of the two primetime games for the Arizona Cardinals, and kind of a homecoming for Kyler Murray hmm. and head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Landon, are you as excited about this as, as I am? I know you're on the Cowboys side and you're used to this, but it's got it's an intriguing matchup. It's. I, I mean, I have to say, it, it's definitely one of the the times that I've been the most intrigued by the Cardinal team that's coming into town. And 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 maybe I'm about to date myself a little bit, but uh, I mean, I definitely have strong memories of of NFC East Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. So um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a kind of a, a an old school division rivalry thrown back into the mix. I think you add in, like you said, Kyler Murray is a guy that is a local legend, high school legend, uh, being from Allen, Texas, and, and just outside of Dallas. And um, yeah, I think all of those things definitely make it a. And then plus, you know, the kind of offense that Kingsbury, Kingsbury runs, and, and just how uh, it's flopping the NFL on its head again as we dive back into a new flavor of uh, of the kind of old run and shoot re- revised. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see how you know, how, it, how many angles there are to this game as opposed to has there, you know, it's kind of been a rather dull game the last, the last few times we played. And it seems like the, the Cardinals are, are a hot and exciting team now. And they're, they're coming into town with some buzz. And, and the buzz is certainly DeAndre Hopkins coming over. He's being added to this wide receiver core. Of course, you mentioned the Kingsbury offense, Kyler Murray coming off the NFC offense or NFL offensive rookie of the year. Uh, and, and we're looking forward to a matchup, maybe a potential shootout um, that you, between one of the league's top offenses in the Dallas Cowboys that's returning everything and adding CD Lamb. Uh, we're, we're, of course, joined by at McCool BCB on Twitter, at Locked On Cardinals, at Locked On Cowboys on Twitter, and at Bob Rack. You can follow me. That's the easiest way to find it on Twitter. But I am looking forward to these offenses really kind of squaring off and going tit for tat and just seeing how high we can, we almost like a, a, a Space Jam like scoreboard where it's just the points continue to go up and up. Uh, it, what, what are you excited about most in returning? this uh, high-powered offense in, in Dallas? Well, I mean, I think a lot of what we saw last year was kind of a, a little bit of Kellen Moore uh, and then a lot of temperament by Jason Garrett. And and I think what we are expecting to see this year is with Mike McCarthy uh, as the head coach is Kellen Moore fully unleashed. And, mm. and that's, you know, what I mean, kind of pointing to what you're talking about. I mean, I think that's what uh, – kind of will dictate this game. I think you'll have two young offensive minds calling these games and, 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 you know, not, not trying to take a foot off the gas. Like Mm -hmm. I I think there's, there's been a, a a segment of Cowboys nation that, you know, even pre CD lamb has been 
uh, under the kind of banner of hashtag 40 burger team 40 burger. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think that's, you know, once CD lamb came into the fold that that went full gear. And I think that that's the way that these Cowboys are going to try to win as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe trying to shorten the game with 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 the running game and defense, or at least a focus on that. I, I think you're going to see a, a balanced offense, but uh, an offense that's not going to be afraid to take their foot up, to keep their foot on the gas, even though they're up a touchdown, instead of just trying to shorten the game and, and, and walk out with the win. So, yeah, I anticipate when these two teams match up, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, and when looking at last year, it was it was a crazy season for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, the final, as you mentioned, Jason Garrett, uh, his contract not renewed. It, a strange eight and eight, but we saw it all play out. Almost, it felt like you know, it's as always, the Cowboys are playing in big games and the feature game on on Sundays, usually, especially on the West Coast, and uh, you get to see this all play out. So you watched it happen, but when you look at all the stats and. It's pretty crazy that this was not a playoff team. But then, uh, I don't know, was the Kellen Moore kind of a factor to ease the hiring of Mike McCarthy, in your opinion, as far because he was kind of a guy that was perceived as old schools as far as his offensive concepts. And then you talk about the Kellen Moore unleashed. I got to think that that was helping maybe ease this transition to a new head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, even if you go back to uh, the Peter King article on Mike McCarthy about uh, how he was um, he was you know, retiring to his to his uh, his barn in, in Green Bay and, and trying to relearn the game. And, you know, in, in the article, he even pointed to Kellen this before the Cowboys were, were you know put together with with uh, with. Mike McCarthy, but they have even pointed out that uh, uh, Kellen Moore play from the Cowboys that he thought was, uh, you know, exceptional and that was really well designed. And, and I think he came into the, the job with the idea that he really wanted Kellen Moore and liked a lot of what Kellen Moore was doing, because if you kind of look back, I mean, when Kellen Moore was given free reign, I think, you know, you look early in the, in the season, I think he was given the rights to kind of completely design the, 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 the uh, play calls, you know, the play sheet and, and actually call the game as he wanted. The Cowboys scored a ton of points and they moved the ball well. And, 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 and they had a lot of opportunity to, to, you know, attack and, and not just kind of get into a rut of first down run, second down run pass, or, you know, that sort of rhythm. And, and the play sequencing really kind of changed when Garrett felt like it was when it was like a road game or a tough opponent, they became more conservative and kind of went into their shell a little bit. And, and so I think, that's really where we wanted to see Kellen Moore go even further with these concepts and use even more motion and more shifts and more multiple formations, which, uh, you know, I think throughout the season kind of fluctuated how often, you know, those kind of concepts were actually put into play on game day. It's a crossover series continues here on the Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Cowboys podcast. Bo Brock, Landon McCool. Of course, you can listen to him on Locked On Cowboys and the Best Coast Boys podcast. Search for it wherever you find your podcasts. And, I mean, we talk about all this offense and we add C.D. Lamb and it's exciting. But then you look at the defense and I really like what the Cowboys did in the draft after the C.D. Lamb selection in the first round. Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama is there in the second round. Navelle Gallimore from Oklahoma is there in the third round. They even add a corner out of Tulsa and Reggie Robinson in the second. I got to imagine that these young players are going to be this infusion of young talent mixed with who was there before. 
uh, it's got to be pretty, I don't know, you might be skeptical because you were burned so much by this defense, but you got to maybe be intrigued by the pieces that, that the Cowboys have added in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating that the, even though the Cowboys changed, you know, they're completely changed coaching staffs. And I mean, Kellen Moore really being the main holdover. Uh, but And then I think in, along those lines, the th- place where the team may change the most under the new coaching staff is on defense. Uh, you know, they, they, they're moving away from that kind of uh, Marinelli cover one, cover three, one gapping system to something a little bit more multiple and something with maybe a little bit more two gapping and, and different kinds of like middle of the field open coverages and less, you know, single high safety type stuff. So I, I think not only the pieces that we added in the in the draft and in the offseason, you know, you, you think about the pieces they add in the middle and Don Terry Poe and, and Gerald McCoy, who, you know, I mean, maybe may not be the players that they once were, but they're certainly upgrades in different types of players. Uh, well, Poe especially are different types of players than what the Cowboys would have traditionally gone out and, and gotten in free agency. So uh, I think that the Cowboys made a concerted effort to change the way that they're going to play defense. I think that you're going to see more uh, uh, hiding concepts and more blitzing and, and uh, you know, multiple, you know, mul- multiple in the sense where they'll, they'll include two gapping on the same play that, uh, that they'll include one gapping just to kind of cover themselves. I think that sort of kind of creative out of the box thinking, instead of just uh, teaching technique and trying to get players to play fast, I think showing more looks I, I, that will ultimately you know, raise all ships with, with, with the rising tide, hopefully. It's pretty well said. The Cowboys open up the season on the road in Los Angeles at the Rams. That's going to be a Sunday night football affair. That's going to be pretty exciting. They actually play both of the uh, – they, they play the Rams. They play the Seahawks in the first two of the three weeks of the yeah. regular season. Those are going to be some pretty uh, tough contests just right out of the gates. Uh, I got to ask you, though, I mean, with Mike McCarthy coming over and, of course, the, just the revamped coaching staff – when you look at this NFC East, it's very different than the NFC West, a, a division that had three teams over 500, and then the Cardinals seem to be, they got that up-and-comer uh, tag recently. Um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like the Giants, Redskins will continue to be down, and, and development's the key there. i got to imagine the Dallas expectations, despite going in 8-8 eight and eight last year, are going to be very high for the 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you nailed it. I, I think last season we saw a lot of talent on this team. You know, I think we saw a lot of uh, ability to to win uh, in, in games. I think that, that they lost in some coaching areas and some hidden yardage, especially I think they had one of the worst special teams units in, in football last year, and that's, that's not going to help, and that certainly is not going to be – something that's easy to see, but you can score a lot of points, but if you're almost dead last in, you know, starting position field position, uh, that's going to reflect in wins and losses and your ability to outscore an opponent. So um, yeah, I think the hope is, is that with wholesale change up top and and better coaching, uh, you know, we brought in bones fossil, who I'm sure you're familiar with as a, as a former Rams, special teams coordinator. And I think, you know, honestly, that could be the spot where just, just by naming a new name in, in the head in the coaching area of special teams, the most improvement may happen in that unit. Just because I think you go from a guy who had never been a special teams coach or a coach at all in the NFL, who had previously been a scout, <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, someone who had an experience and actually knows what they're doing. So I think that alone could you know account for a, quite a bit of improvement. So that's what the Cowboys are hoping for, and and, and I think again. 
uh, a shift to a more offensive heavy offensive attack unit as opposed to trying to shorten football games and, and trying to you know, kill the clock. I think those two things alone could account for at least three or four wins we were hoping for this year. And that, that that's, you know, on the high end, of course, but this is the year to be, this is the time of year to be optimistic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, with Landon McCool, Bo Brock, of course, division crossover series between the locked on Cardinals and locked on Cowboys podcast. Last question for you. I mean, what of, of all the matchups in this Monday night affair, that's going to go down here in the 2020 season. What intrigues you the most before we kind of flip roles here? And uh, I'll kind of be taking the uh, firing squad of, of questions. You know, it's funny because uh, you look at the, the the Cardinals depth chart and the talent. I mean, it's not even just the the, the top three, but the, just the number of different and interesting wide receivers that I mean that are that, that you guys are going to trot out there, and, and often in four receiver sets. And I, I think the the Cowboys have a, a deep. I guess as well, but not necessarily talented at the top uh, group of, of cornerbacks. And I think that was part of, you know, the, the uh, concerted effort to not rely on top end guys and, and really to have more of a deep bench of, you know, B and C plus cornerbacks. I think that this is going to be one of the games that really is going to put that, that to, to the test to mm-hmm. see how you know deep and how quality you can, you can, you can go at, you know, four deep when you're looking at guys that are like Andy Isabella and, 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 you know, I mean, some of these guys down here, Keyshawn Johnson coming out as their, as y'all's wide receiver four. I think that's, you know, those are, those are going to be, make some interesting matchups. And I'm hoping that the Cowboys uh, cornerback group can, can hold up uh, when, I mean, you worry enough about DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian sure. Kerr, but you know, when you look at the talent down, down roster of just a little ways, uh, you know that that's where a lot of these matchups really come to fruition because the the talent dis- you know, disparity between cornerbacks and wide receivers, I'm sure for a lot of your opponents, really drops off after you know CB two and three. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to Kyler Murray and of course that uh, the embarrassment of riches on the wide receiver side for the Arizona Cardinals going up against that Dallas Cowboys defensive secondary. Is it going to be enough? In this Monday Night Football matchup, it's always fun to see the Dallas Cowboys on your season slate and to, to go on the road into a hostile environment with all those Cowboys fans. It's going to be fun for Cardinals fans to kind of just see, and it's going to be a good barometer uh, to see how they stack up. We're going to continue things here. The Division Crossover Series podcast continues. NFC West meets the NFC East. The Cowboys and the Cardinals. Bo Brock, Landon McCool continue next. This series, this uh, podcast, of course, brought to you by Built Bar. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that you will ever have. I can promise you that. It's hard to even explain just how good Built Bars are. Uh, I tried the peanut butter one the other day and was just blown away by how good it was. Did not taste like a protein bar at all. I swear that you're eating a candy bar, and that's just how good it is. Uh, the best part about Built Bar is they're fantastic for you. They have an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There's no crazy additives. If you want to experience a Built Bar, and I highly, highly recommend that you do, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Locked On Crossover Podcast. Uh, I am joined by Bo Brock at, at 
Locked On Cardinals, and I am Landon McCool at Locked On Cowboys, and we are discussing the Cowboys-Cardinals Week 6 matchup, and well, I, I got to say, I, looking at, when I was just doing a little bit of initial study on, on the depth chart, you know, you look at these teams after the draft, after you kind of digest your own draft, you look at around and see, okay, who else, who else got some of the guys that I like? I, I mean, obviously Isaiah Simmons, who is a fascinating player, and we're going to talk about that, and we'll get into some of the interesting other pieces, but... I wanted to just point out a, a guy who I really liked uh, that you guys got in the fourth round, uh, Like Fotu, who I think is going to do wonders for uh, – at the very start, maybe just a backup to Jordan Phillips, but eventually I would think could take that job from him because I think he has that kind of talent. Um, looking back at, at the draft, I mean, outside of Isaiah Simmons, who I think we'll discuss specifically who was your favorite pick and, and what was, what was your favorite thing that, 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 the, that Arizona did in the draft to, to try to get better this year? Yeah. And it's tough not to just go chalk and say Isaiah Simmons because of the freak athlete yeah. that he is. And I, I don't want to be more kind of creative than that. Uh, I really like what they did. I honestly, and I've been a big Steve Kime, the general manager for the Arizona Cardinals uh, critic. I, I haven't said mm-hmm. a lot of nice things about him in the last couple seasons. And I think rightfully so, especially when it comes to the NFL draft, a place that he has not been successful outside of, you know, maybe a David Johnson pick or a Tyron Matthew. Um, he, he's he's swung and he's missed and his batting average is below the Mendoza line. So uh, this draft, I thought he, he nailed. And when they, you know, sent a second round pick, David Johnson's contract and a fourth round pick to the Houston Texans and the highway robbery, of for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that also <laughs> comes into the equation as well. But then 72nd overall, here's a guy in Josh Jones who played his college football at Houston. Um, he was outside the top tier of offensive tackles, but he was a guy that had that was as high as, you know, first round in some mock drafts and second round, but he slips to 72nd overall. He had an incredible senior season for the Cougars, and he's an intriguing player. I, I know that he's got some technique issues that they want to try to iron out, and if he has to start right away, that probably is not going to be a good thing. But the good thing for the Cardinals is, DJ Humphreys is securing down that left tackle position, and then the right tackle position, there's a pair of veterans that they can potentially rely on. So he's not going to be thrown into a starting role right away. But as you mentioned with uh, Fodhu from Utah, and then uh, Rashard Lawrence in the very same round from LSU, those are some big rotational guys that are going to fulfill a need for the Arizona Cardinals that I think was it was a great move by Steve Kime. And we, we had talked about what the Cowboys are doing on the interior, their defensive line. It's the same thing. If you don't have an Aaron Donald, I mean, you're probably best suited to run one of these rotations. And with Fotu and with Lawrence and Jordan Phillips and Corey Peters, I like that rotation. It, it, it seems like it could be, be a, a big upgrade of where the team was last year. And then also the local kid, seventh-round pick, Eno Benjamin, the running back at Arizona State, a guy, major underdog at the NFL level. He had great college stats, but as far as his side and his size and his athleticism, it's uh, not something that you would think would translate. The same thing goes for Evan Weaver out of California, the linebacker. It's a fun draft class. It has a little bit of everything. It's got the blue chip prospect in Simmons. Jones is a guy that fulfills a need on the offensive line, and it's felt as well as the two guys playing the defensive tackle position. And then you got kind of the fan favorite underdogs to just kind of follow whether or not they're going to make uh, a roster come the end of training camp. So I, it's a tough one. I would probably lean the side of Jones just because of the value that they got there in the third round. Yeah, the offensive tackle class this year was absolutely outstanding, and getting a guy like Josh Jones in the third round was 
pretty pretty crazy value, I, I have to say. Um, you, you mentioned ben, uh, you know Benjamin. I, I think a, you know, a lot of people liked him, and I think certainly liked him more than seventh round. And so I think again another guy who fell and gave you guys great value. Let's talk about the offense a little bit, though. I, I think the headliner clearly is DeAndre Hopkins being added via a trade that seriously it it. it it was maybe not in volume, but in, and as far as sheer fleecing reminded me very much of the Herschel Walker trade that the Cowboys <laughs> had done with Minnesota, uh, you know, many years ago, but uh, with Deandre Hopkins in the fold and now with a, you know, quite deadly uh, threesome there with two potential hall of famers on it already. Uh, and with Kyler Murray coming back after a, an incredible freshman campaign, you know, we, we kind of have to turn our eyes to the offensive line because it feels like that's where this, this is the only potential point of failure where you don't, you're not hundred percent sure what's going on. You talked about the book, the bookends uh, you talked about Gilbert and Humphreys. What, what's, what's the interior line looking like now? I mean, we've you got Sweezy and Pew, but how do you feel about that interior three on the offensive line? And is there another spot that you could point to if we were going to look back you know, next year and say, well, the, the season wasn't exactly what we wanted offensively. This was the reason, right. you know, what, what would be that point that would be that point of failure you think that, that could happen? No, I mean, you're exactly right when you say, when, when you kind of look back at this offseason and there, there are a lot of uh, positives, absolutely. But the big negative is you're returning basically the status quo of an offensive line that surrendered 50 sacks in 2019. I mean, that's that's pretty absurd. They did add Josh Jones. As I said, he's going to vie for a starting job. Probably best that he doesn't get it right away. Marcus Gilbert's a guy uh, that missed the entire 2019 season. He's had trouble staying on the field. That's that right tackle position. Justin Murray was a guy they picked up off the, the, the waiver wire early last season. He filled in fine. Uh, the, as you mentioned, those are your bookends. And then you talk about Sweezy, who signed a free agent deal last offseason. He was he was okay, right? He comes over from Seattle. And, and then you've got Justin Pugh, who's been a, a big contract that was signed a couple offseasons ago. And, we've, of course, you saw him play for the New York Giants. He's just not, he's not a very special guard. Uh, he was a guy that was supposed to be a tackle position coming out of the draft. That didn't pan out. He became a decent guard. And it, it's just... This unit, maybe the continuity of returning the same guys will benefit. Maybe the Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense, get the ball out quick, and Kyler Murray being in his second season, knowing the playbook a little bit better, will benefit. And maybe, you know, we talk about those 50 sacks, 48 of those that were absorbed from Kyler Murray. Maybe some of those were on him as well. Maybe he can cut those down. But still, I mean, you're still going to see you put all the those variables into there. Is that going to be enough to kind of take that number down uh, for not your average size quarterback, Kyler Murray, under six feet tall, not exactly the 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 best body be absorbing a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, pain, direct hits. yeah, direct <laughs> hits. It's yeah. it's kind of concerning, but at the same time, I, you know, DJ Humphreys played very well at the left ta- left tackle position. The interior of those guys that is the biggest concern. Um, it's just going to have to be better play. Uh, it's kind of just kind of throwing a, a coin into a wishing well and, and saying, "Hey, I just wish that these guys would play better." I, it, that's that was like the strategy. It, there wasn't much more to it. Uh, it, it's kind of that sometimes Steve Kyman, it was more overall as a roster, which was frustrating, but this particular group 
it's it's the definition of insanity is is running out the same guys and expecting different results. Uh, we, we just hope with uh, a second year under Cliff and, and, and with Kyler under center or in the shotgun that there there's going to be better results. But uh, if he can get the ball out quick, he's going to have the playmakers and they'll still be able to put up the points. They were able to obviously improve from a dreadful 2018 and 2019. But uh, yeah, it, it's a definite concern. And if, if things don't go well uh, offensively, uh, it, it's going to probably be very easy to point to the to those guys in the trenches, the offensive line for for those reasons. Yeah, and I think you look at the guys like you know Drew Brees that are kind of of the the shorter end of the quarterback group. Uh, having those interior three be solid up front in front of them is so important, right? Just just yeah. for passing lanes and being able to see and. Uh, so that that is interesting. I mean, I, I I do hope that you know, and I think I think they are uh, they cognizant that they have uh, you know, mechanisms in their offense to kind of make that not such a problem to try right. to get the ball out quickly to try to mitigate. I guess is what I'm trying to sure. say uh, that that sort of issue. But you do worry because ultimately, I think there's only so much that they can do to kind of mitigate that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, let's talk about the, the running backs a little bit more. I mean, we know that w- we talked about the, the trade and, and um, you know, I think that the other side of that is lo- losing uh, a talented back like uh, David Johnson, who, you know, I mean, I think after a couple of years of injury probably might be on the kind of sloping side of his career at this point. Um, and, and again, and all honestly, with the number of pass attempts that Kyler Murray is likely to attempt this year, Having a, 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 a top paid running back with probably not a huge priority for this for this GM, and I can imagine that. How do you feel like the production is going to be from the running back room? You know, now that they can maybe truly kind of lean into throwing the football more and not necessarily feel like they have to feed a running back or, or be beholden to uh, making sure that they get David Johnson started at a game. Yeah, Landon, I think there's a little bit of a misconception maybe with the air raid offense and, and, and running the football and maybe uh, just kind of turning a blind eye to it. But this was a team that after Kenyon Drake came over for a late round draft pick in the 2019 season, basically midseason, it transformed this offense. And it's a necessity to, to have that balance uh, of running the football, and it, they, you know they became a top ten rushing team. I mean, you can couple Kenyon Drake's success running the football with Kyler Murray adding 544 yards of his own, um, and it's it's just key to to, to kind of opening up uh, things in the pass game. And and Kenyon Drake is the guy. He just has the skill set. And David Johnson is is a, a great of a character guy as he was. And you know, third round pick at a Northern Iowa unknown, and has this incredible 2016 season, 20 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, yeah, almost a thousand thousand guy. I mean, and then he just fell off a cliff. And we've seen that. I mean, you guys saw it with when you guys let Demarco Murray kind of walk. I mean, he wasn't the same guy that he was. When he led the league in rushing, it's it's just such a position where productivity can just fall off a cliff at an instant. And Kenyon Drake is the guy that just fits this offense perfectly. And the Cardinals said, "Okay, we want to keep Drake, but we can't iron out a multi-year contract because that running back position it's tough to negotiate these deals." They were they were able to use the transition tag, and he's going to make over eight million dollars this year. I got to imagine they're going to put a bunch of mileage on him 
running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield. And he's uh, he's poised for a big year. If he can parlay a solid end to 2019 into an incredible 2020, that would be huge for Kenyon Drake and make the Cardinals. It would put the pressure on them again to sit down at the negotiation table with a running back and, and try to iron out what would be a, an ideal deal for that position that's – I mean, we're seeing it league-wide – Teams don't know how to handle this. You know, I mean, I know that, that Zeke got paid, but outside of that, a lot of running backs aren't getting paid, and David Johnson could be used as one of the examples of, of why not. Yeah, and and Zeke, even if he is the exception, is is only barely the exception, and, and is only the exception because he stays healthy and stays yeah. on the field. Um, but, yeah, I think I, that's a, that's interesting information. I think, as you're right, that there is a, a misconception a lot with, with outside people, and then that's good to get the kind of on-the-ground look that this is still a team that's tied to running the football. And I, I've been a big fan of Kenyon Drake since he was at Miami, and I, I was been a fan of him being unleashed in Miami that just never quite happened. So I am excited to see that – He's not just being relegated to, you know, passing back, you know, options. So that's that's good to hear. Let's talk about the defense. Um, we we mentioned Isaiah Simmons, and I wanted to get an opportunity to talk to talk about him a little bit. I, you know, I I'm a huge fan. I was obviously a huge fan throughout the draft process. My only concern with Isaiah Simmons was that he would go to a team where they would try to pigeonhole him into one position, and. I saw that the the Cardinals draft him and I felt excitement because I, you know, I, I, I know that Hassan Reddick had been drafted by y'all and I had had, you know, similar hopes for Hassan Reddick, but I hadn't really followed up on where that, that project had gotten too far. Uh, what is the plan with Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, it, is it to use it? Is it to use him as a multiple player, or do you think that they are going to try to to get him in, to play one spot and just learn one spot? Yeah, defense coordinator Vance Joseph, um, and a lot of people already have their opinions for Vance Joseph, and when he was a head coach at in Denver, and that was a failed experiment, and he had a rough start in his first season with as Cardinals DC. Their their defense was was worse than the Cowboys. I mean, it was it was in the bottom tier as far as passing yards given up. It was in the bottom tier as far as uh, points given up. And it was something that Steve Kime was consumed in, in, in changing this offseason. And he's he's added a lot of different names. And Isaiah Simmons is one of those guys. And, and Joseph said in his first meeting with the media was, we're going to play him primarily at linebacker. Uh, we might not use him the same way he was used at Clemson. And everybody's like, oh, what? Why would we, why would you do that? Like That's like getting the keys to a Ferrari and just driving it around a parking lot. Why would you want to do that? And he backtracked a little bit within the same media scrum. Uh, it was a Zoom meeting, and he's saying, well, w- yeah, we're, we want Isaiah to be Isaiah, and we're going to use him, utilize him like he was used at Clemson. We're going to play to his strengths. So, look, uh, it, you can't take too much from an April Zoom meeting media availability. Uh, i got to imagine that Isaiah Simmons is the type of athlete that he's going to make uh, his own case for playing time and which role he's going to indeed play. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have done a good job, and this was before Isaiah Simmons was even drafted because free agency and, and obviously the off seasons going on way before the draft. That they, you know, they add Jordan Phillips to the interior of the defensive line. They add Devon Carnard in a pass rush role opposite Chandler Jones, who's a guy who had 19 sacks. You've got Devondre Campbell, who's going to help supplement your linebacking core that already has Jordan Hicks. Uh, and then you've got your safeties. Buda Baker's emerging as one of the better safeties in the league. Another he, had, he made a Pro Bowl last year. And then Patrick Peterson's on the corner. So 
the good thing is Isaiah Simmons isn't going to necessarily have a defined role, you know, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, safety, uh, slot corner, cornerback, pass rusher, all those roles that he played at Clemson, he's not going to have to necessarily fill a role like that for the Cardinals. He can just be that Swiss Army knife. And i got to imagine once things kind of get back to normal in some way, uh, that we're going to see that when he gets on the practice field, when he gets in the preseason, when the regular season begins. The way I kind of equated it to our listeners on Locked on Cardinals, Landon, was He's like Kyler Murray was to the offense last year. You saw this incredible athlete, this unique specimen uh, at the college level, do things that not a lot of people did. When it comes to the translating to the pro level, we don't know what it's going to look like from the very beginning. We didn't know how Cliff Kingsbury, we thought, but that became a very fluid situation. I think that's going to be the same thing for a guy like Isaiah Simmons. But there, there is all there is reason for optimism. There is reasons to be excited because of the player and what he's capable of. I mean, the last guy to have over 100 tackles, uh, eight sacks, and three interceptions was Khalil Mack. So in college, and that's that's what Isaiah Simmons did last year. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic player, and and I, I think also the the thing about the position thing is that, you know, that I think we can also get too caught up in positions. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of times, especially if they're doing kind of week to week individual game planning for an opponent, it's about having a role that week against whoever you're playing, right. whether it's being a tight end or racer or, or a, a QB spy or that sort of thing. Isaiah Simmons can wear a lot of different hats and it may vary week to week. And whether we call him a wheel linebacker or safety may not matter very much. So sure. And uh, you know, the Hassan it, Reddick thing, I mean, that that's, that's unfortunate. I mean, a guy that's on his third defensive coordinator, th- third head coach, he's yeah, only in his fourth yeah. season. They wanted to do a position change. They love his versatility. It didn't work out, but he's not. He wasn't the type. He was an up and coming athlete. Uh, uh, made a case for himself to be a first round pick in Temple, thirteenth overall. He's not getting his fifth year option picked up. It, it's. I don't think it's going to even look close to uh, to the Simmons case. And if people are hesitant that the Cardinals can't develop a defensive player because uh, negligence or misuse. They, they developed Tyron Matthew. They developed Patrick Peterson. Chandler Jones has had some of his best seasons of his career. They know how to develop defensive talent. Uh, I, 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 you know, the, the Son Reddick thing seems more like an anomaly to me. Yeah, I, no, I think if anything, I mean, to me, the Hassan Reddick thing may not have worked out. But to me, it's a willingness to take a chance on players and 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 actually beyond that yeah. a desire a desire to take on players who can play in this kind of positionless football defense you know and that and that find value in those types of players so uh no i, I yeah I, I mean how whatever happened with the son reddick that aside i think it's the willingness by people like steve kime and, and you know credit due for him on here to have the vision to, to take players like this and, and then you know, try to, to obtain that kind of versatile chess piece that can really be a, a counteracting force to a, sure. an opposing offense. So um, last thing, we just kind of mirror what, what you had, you had asked me, what's the matchup that you are most looking forward to uh, when you guys come into uh, Cowboy stadium 
what is it, week six? We 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 we, we, we stumbled over, but it was week six yeah. of, of of the season this year. If if it's still week six, we'll see if if this whole thing doesn't get shifted. Yeah, exactly. It's uh to to me, I just want them to play the hits, right? I mean, I I want yeah. as much as you liked uh, what the Cardinals were bringing offensively and how that defense for the for the uh, Cowboys could could uh, stack up. That's what I'm intrigued with as well. I want to see this Cowboys offense come out. I think that it's there is probably going to be a pretty large chip on CeeDee Lamb's shoulder. I'm sure he's he's got 16 of them because of the teams that passed over him in the NFL draft, and the Cardinals were probably the team that were tied to him the most in the pre-draft process before they made the DeAndre Hopkins deal, and he, that kind of even continued. That hype train never kind of slowed down, and the fact that he, he was picked uh, almost 10 picks later, 17th overall, kind of fell in the Cowboys' lap. I want to see that. I want to see, you know, Amari Cooper go up against Patrick Peterson. I want to see this defensive secondary and how it's going to handle this embarrassment of riches on the inf- offensive side of the football for Dallas. I mean, it's it's Dak Prescott, it's it's uh it's Ezekiel Elliott, it's Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. You know, I, I think that that's just going to be uh, a huge challenge for this team. I don't care what part of the schedule you're in, and to be. On you know on prime time in front of the rest of the nation watching, uh, it would be if the Cardinals just get cut up, it would be devastating. Uh, but I'm looking forward to maybe a coming out party for Kyler Murray in this offense on a national stage, and to maybe get in a shootout. And if they lose close, that's great. But if they get embarrassed, which could very well happen by this Dallas offense, uh, that wouldn't be good. Well, I mean, just to kind of make you feel better about this, it feels like Cowboys are constantly being beaten back by teams that are looking for their opportunity to be on a nationally televised game. And so the Cowboys get their best <laughs> shot and they yeah. do really well. So that's very likely to happen. Uh, I don't, I've never known uh, Kyler Murray to shy away from a big stage. Um, so I, I can't imagine that it's going to be anything else uh, except for slot machining going on with the <laughs> scoreboard when these two teams meet in week six. And, and frankly, I'm excited and, and I look forward to it. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a fantastic game. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And make sure you guys are uh, – check. Make, hey, again, make sure you get check out Built Bar. They're delicious. They're get, they got all kinds of great nutritional value. So make sure you check them out. Uh, and thank you, thank you so much to Bo for joining us. And and, and uh, any final words before we head out? Just uh, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy those built bars, and uh, check out Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino over at the Draft Dudes after you're done listening yeah. to us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, guys, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. <laughs> 